think it automatically detected that I do not have an integrated camera in my laptop, so it just hmm. automatically has that off. So whatever. Yeah, with mine, I just I just click on it and it cuts it off. Okay. But it but I don't think like like if I turn it on like you just get a black box. Oh, okay. Yeah. It may. I don't know. Yeah, I just saw that when you did that. It, it made a black box. Mm, that's yeah. Okay. Yeah, black box full of secrets, <laughs> full of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, man. Um, do you hear about that penguin? I got what? This, you hear about that penguin? That penguin. Yeah, and I got this really bad rash under my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I know there's been something about a penguin in my life in the in the recent past. What the <laughs> fuck was it? Oh no, yeah, that was it. Oh man, hey man. Well, I you know I know we talked earlier about doing two, uh, trying to record two episodes tonight. Obviously, I don't think we should do that. There's yeah, well, considering we'll, we'll, yeah the technical issues that we dealt with because of fuck vu. Um, we, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's not going to happen probably. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, but we can talk about the, uh, part 12, no, part 13 was it? Yes. Part 13. Holy crap. Yeah. Twin Peaks, the return. Yeah. My goodness gracious. We're, uh, yeah, we've only got five episodes left. That's crazy. You know, the last two episodes are going to be shown on the Sunday night of Labor Day weekend. Episode 17 and 18, or I should say part 17 and 18. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Which, hmm. which luckily I watch them online, so I don't know that I've got big plans for Labor Day weekend. I'll probably just be sitting at the house anyway, but... Yeah. Uh, hey, I don't. I, maybe I don't we can know have a uh, Sierra do. I I don't know either. Uh, yeah. Maybe we can do a watch party. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's very we'll likely. We'll have to. Uh, yeah. We'll have to talk to Sierra and see if she's got stuff planned for you guys that we can. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. I know. It's like, oh yeah, we have that thing that we're gonna do that we planned six months ago. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, of of. Of course, yes. Uh, no, I didn't forget. <laughs> right, yeah. Not, not See, like all. I have to have a calendar. I have to, have to keep track of everything I'm doing or I will forget shit. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, even shit I want to do. Uh, it's just like yeah, once I'm just sitting at home vegetating, I don't – sometimes I just forget about stuff if I'm – if I don't have something written in front of me to remind me. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. This is true. Um, hey, well, uh, yeah. hey, uh, you know, since we're running short on time, we should probably get right into it. But I did have a couple of pre-show Peaks-related things I wanted to talk about. Okay. I have one thing that I'd like okay. to talk about regarding uh, – it's a Twin Peaks-related thing as well. Okay. Well, Okay. feel free to start if you'd like. Okay. Um, um, I was just flipping through – YouTube and I ran across this little I don't know if you call it a documentary or not but it was uh, a little probably a little 30 minute thing that David Lynch put together called a slice of David Lynch and uh, it was kind of a looked like a low budget affair and it was basically just David Lynch 
walking into a diner and sitting down at the diner and the waitress brings him a piece of pie and he stares at the piece of pie um, for a while and... For a long time, I bet. (laughs) 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 Laughing on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as he's staring at the piece of pie, you know, uh, uh, strobe light starts going off and strobe lights going off and going off. And all of a sudden... Machen Amick and Kyle McLaughlin and David Lynch's uh, personal assistant are there sitting at the uh, the counter at the diner with him, and they talk about uh, Twin Peaks. And I'm thinking it was made maybe just a, a you know five to ten years after the original series was over, hmm. because uh, Machen Amick still looked pretty young and so did Kyle McLaughlin but Lynch's hair was very gray at the time so I'm not sure maybe he just stopped dyeing it or something right, and right. Uh, so they just talked about the series and how great it was and oh that's funny I've watched uh, a lot of different things on YouTube's but mm-hmm. YouTube's on YouTube but I haven't even uh, I haven't seen that and I ha- I don't think I've even seen it as like an option of something to watch yeah, because usually if Lynch is in it, I would want to watch it. So that's interesting. Yeah, I just ran across it, and and uh, he kept calling uh, uh, Machen a Mick. He kept calling her uh, Magkin, and he kept calling Kyle McLaughlin Kale. And it was, I think, it was because when they were on the set filming the original series, he was calling Machen Magkin, like M- Munchkin or something. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know what the whole point of it was. <laughs> but it's like but it was damn know. good pie right <laughs> <laughs> so they talked about the series and whatnot and then at the end of the the little thing you know he looks down at his pie again and then the lights start flashing again and then he looks up and nobody else is in the diner with him it was like as if it were only it was only a dream or something that he was mm. t- talking to them it seemed kind of mm. weird and it was kind of odd that he had his uh, personal assistant there because he just kind of stared off into the distance um, for pretty much most of the thing. So <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But it was interesting just because it was like, wow, I'd never seen this little ditty before. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen that either. That is that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a thing that was going around on YouTube this week or and maybe the last couple weeks, I don't know. I think it was a... a, a thing lynch recorded that was supposed to be an intro to something twin peaks at san diego comic-con maybe Uh it's a thing where he's sitting with a black sitting in front of a mic with a black background behind him and and then like there's all these sound effects going off uh where he's like hey don't bring that horse in the room and have you seen that (laughs) no what the hell's that it's just dumb as fuck i thought it would be and you know (laughs) <laughs> Whatever Lynch does, there are people who just lose their shit over it like it's the greatest thing since sliced beetles. But he <laughs> he just – I mean it's just stupid. It's just a guy sitting in front of a microphone and then like they play sound effects of a horse and it's like, hey, don't bring that horse in here. you know. And anyone with two licks of sense – really one lick of sense knows that there's no fucking horse in there. It's, it's some kind of fucking – I don't know. <laughs> and then some guy supposedly walks in the room and he's like, hey, don't – don't jump out that window, and then you hear some uh, noise like somebody jumping out a window or something. <laughs> it's just fucking stupid. That's pretty and, stupid. I mean, at least the horse kind of makes sense, you know, especially if it's a yeah. sound effect of a white horse. Um, if <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least that's somewhat Twin Peaks related, I guess. Yeah, but right. But I, it just yeah. kills me, you know, and you know, because they're like 
and we'll get into this on this episode too, but there are people who are losing their shit over the Audrey Horn scenes, which I think are are uh, uh, kind of boring and, and frustrating and angering. They are. Angry. They are, but it, this with this, la- this latest episode, I'm kind of starting to form um, a, a hypothesis about what's going on with uh, Audrey. Well, I've read a couple of, uh, what do they call it, when fan, fan theories yeah. uh, as well. So, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get into the episode a little bit. Okay, um, sounds good. Uh, the uh, A quick note, I guess. Um, you know, when I visited my nephew a, a week or so ago, he got me watching The Handmaid's Tale, and I watched this thing called... Um, Horace and Pete that is a Louis C.K. thing oh. that is fucking amazing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, do you still – is it still only available through his particular site or is it now available through other uh, venues? Well, I know it's on Hulu. That's where I watched it. Okay. Um, well, that's So, good. yeah, you – you can at least see it on Hulu, and there may be other options as well. I'm not sure. I, it's not on Amazon Prime. I've looked there. Right. Um, so I don't know if Netflix has it or not. It's, I, you know, my nephew watched the first episode with me, and he's like, this is the biggest downer I've ever seen <laughs> because it, <laughs> well, it's not a comedy. Well, not a traditional comedy. Yeah, well, I mean, there are some funny parts, yeah. But yeah. it's it's very much a drama. It's very... Um, uh, you know, it's it's almost like a play, mm-hmm. um, and it it reminds reminds you of like um, I don't know who this. I was when I was watching, I was like, oh, this is just like that sad that sad playwright. Um, and, and now I can't remember like oh. who's the sad playwright? Oh, the, the guy who, who write... did like uh, Death of a Salesman and uh, All My Sons, and uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, uh, he I... he was married to Marilyn Monroe for a while. Oh, Arthur Miller. Yes, Arthur Miller. Yeah, kind of like him. There's another one I was thinking of, and God damn it, it's making me mad now that I can't remember. You know, it's like, uh, but anyway, it, it, who wrote the Iceman Cometh? Eugene O'Neill. Okay. Anyway, it, it's very, it's very dramatic and very, it is very, in in ways, it is quite uh, depressing. Um, uh, okay. But it's fucking amazing i loved every second of it it's stuff like that just appeals to me and i can understand why other people are like oh my god this is so such a downer Mm -hmm. um so (laughs) you know i i wouldn't fault anyone for thinking that but i just thought it was okay great okay so is it is it one of those situations where you know people have these high aspirations but then everything goes to shit the characters you mean yes of course. No, no, no. That it's not really that. Okay. It's more about dysfunction. It's kind of a okay. It, it's, you know, it, it's these two guys. They run a bar, and their fathers and grandfathers and great grandfathers, seven generations before them, have mm-hmm. all ran this bar, and mm-hmm. they're both Horace and Pete. And um, and so it's kind of like these and it's you know there's a little bit of stuff from the past but most of it's set in the present and it's just these kind of sad people who uh-huh. who are stuck in a cycle of dysfunction wow all right yeah so- sounds interesting yeah, really yeah I, I yeah i remember when you know there was a lot of hubbub when it you know it first came out and that it was only available through i think you know louis ck's website you know for like fifteen dollars or thirty dollars or i don't know what it was Um, something like that it was like you know three dollars an episode or thirty dollars for the whole thing or 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 something similar to that it's ten it's ten episodes okay um 
I'd be curious and, uh, to see if it's on Netflix. Yeah, I I would like to know too. Um, some mm-hmm. of the episodes are no more than an hour. Okay. A couple of them are about forty minutes. I think the first one's like an hour ten or something. But um, just a real real interesting thing. I I liked it. I thought, man, this this should have won every fucking award that they could throw at it. But I think it. Lori Metcalf has uh, she's in one episode and she has this amazing monologue and she I think she won an Emmy for that but hmm. uh, I think it was only uh, nominated for one other thing but okay. really hmm. great yeah. yeah so anyway my how to, many to how, not to okay hmm? how many episodes did you see how many are there should I say there's there's ten I watched all ten wow okay damn all right I remember when it first yeah it first came out I was very interested and then it just kind of you know. Fell by the wayside because it was like, I don't, you know, I don't want to pay $30 to see this, you know, which is kind of right. sh- shitty on my part. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, you know, yeah. it's like a movie, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's 10 bucks to go to the theater and see a movie or you can wait a year and see it on Netflix or Hulu or something or buy the DVD or something, you know. Exactly. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I felt the same way. I was like, I would love to see it, you know. And at the time, I wasn't watching a lot of online stuff, so I just kind of put it by the wayside. But then, mm-hmm. as usually happens when I'm with my nephew, we start looking at Netflix and Hulu for different things, and and it just occurred to me, oh, look for Horace and Pete, and boom, there it was. Wow. So we wa- cool. We only watched w- one episode, um, and then we watched like three or four episodes of this thing called The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Which, uh, so I watched the rest of it. He'd already seen before, and I watched the rest of it when I signed up for Hulu here. Um, which I thought was, it, it was good. I didn't think it was the best thing I ever saw in my life. It's obviously going to have a season two, but yeah, uh, it, it was decent. Yeah, what was the big controversy? Why were all the uh, Trump tards hating on it? Because it's very much like what would happen if Mike Pence became president and then 10 years later. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, okay. It's it's very much of if Christians, if fundamentalist Christians ruled the world, what the world would be like. It'd be a fucked up mess where women would were, were treated like shit and, and, and breeding stock. And it's set in a future where where oh. people are having trouble uh, breeding and babies aren't being born. Uh-huh. And this religious group th- has a coup and takes over part of the East Coast where they kind of have their own country. And, hmm. and, and then they gather together all the fertile women that they can find and pretty much turn them into breeding stock. Wow. Okay. But there's all, all kinds of ritual, you know, Damn. religious rituals and shit when the men breed them and it's really weird okay uh yeah i had no idea because i i was i was thinking it was just an adaptation of of a play called the handmaid's tale isn't there it's an adaptation of a novel that was written in the 80s oh um, okay okay and there was a movie of it that i saw back in the 80s i think it came out in 1990 and i can't remember who's in it now but there was oh. a movie adaptation at one point hmm. but so one of the things on this series, and again, there's it's it doesn't you know, Horse and Pete has a definitive end, although there could be more episodes. Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. kind of ends at a place where you know they're gonna have they want to have a season two. Oh um, boy! All right. Well, uh, after hearing your uh, little mini review of it, I think I definitely want to check out the Handmaid's Tale. And uh, I'm sure Sierra would be very. I think she might have mentioned it to me. So I, I think that will viewing of that will be in our future. Do you guys have Hulu? No. Ah, but so I think you, I, I think it's got to be available somewhere else, huh? 
Well, it's a Hulu original, so I don't oh, know. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Mm. So, All right. um, but, but yeah, it's worth joining Hulu for, I can tell you that. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, it's not the, again, not the best thing I've ever seen, but I, I liked it a lot. It's different. Um, right. Anyway, the point I was really g- g- trying to get towards was um, after we went down slippery Hulu slopes. Yeah, um, no kidding. So I started trying to watch some movies that they have available on Hulu mm-hmm. that I had had on my list of things I wanted to see that I was going to buy the DVD. And I'm like, yeah, I need to stop spending so much money on DVDs. I can watch a lot of these movies right on Hulu. Right. And so one of the movies I've always wanted to watch was this movie called Stonewall that came out a couple of years ago that got a lot of negative press because it's supposed to be about the Stonewall riots. But they were saying that it was told from, you know, that all the people of color were were um, not not given their proper due by this movie and blah, blah, blah. They were whitewashed. They were white. They white. Yeah, it was whitewashed. So, Ooh. and the only reason I really bring this up is because I, w- I watched it, and it's not great. It ha- it has some really bad moments, mm-hmm. and it is. Uh, there are people of color characters in there that are main characters, so I don't believe that it got whitewashed. Although the main character is a white guy, um, but it's it's uh. just a it's a it's a typical kind of coming of age coming out story that we've seen a thousand times before. Yeah, set against the backdrop of Stonewall. It's not a historical document of Stonewall. It doesn't do Stonewall oh, justice. Okay. Hmm. So so you know I, I I thought it was okay, but I didn't love it. But right. one of the people who are in it who plays like the, it's about this kid who moves to new to New York mm-hmm. and hangs out around the Stonewall area around Christopher Street. And there's a gang of kind of gay guys that are street kids kind of that kind of take him in and help him. Mm-hmm. And one of them is played by Caleb Landry Jones, who plays Stephen in oh, Twin Peaks. Oh, okay, okay. So there is a Twin Peaks connection. Very good. Yeah, that's that's all I was really trying to get to. He doesn't have a big part in this thing. He's really kind of a backdrop. Uh, you know, when you watch it, if you're looking for him, you're like, they must have cut a lot of his scenes because he really has a couple lines and then he's just kind of there in the background. Um, uh, but, you know, hmm. it, okay. it, it is uh, he is in it. So, <laughs> wow. At, at any point in the movie, did he say, I know what you did? <laughs> I think I don't think he had that many words of dialogue in the whole thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Hmm. But anyway, that was just something I had wanted to mention, and somehow I had to tell a long story to get to it, and I'm sorry. I, <laughs> we delved into a lot more Hulu stuff than I really intended to. So uh, It's okay. Hey, you know. So, we're, we're, me for that. we're known for our pre-shows, so... Yeah, that's true. What are you going to do? It's, it's a little bit... Eventually, it was Twin Peaks related. Yeah, hey, you brought it all around. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I, that's there good. was some stuff online this week about that uh, Lynch is... They're saying that there probably won't be a season two or mm. a season four, depending on your perspective. Right, right. Um, uh, so that was kind of like, well... I can see that, and of course we don't really know how things end up, but I, I don't know that Lynch even intended for there to be more after this series. Who knows? Well, that's true. And um, Oh, you know, going back to that little thing called uh, A Slice of David Lynch, mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, he had mentioned in that little documentary, if you want to call it that, that uh, uh, his intention was to never solve the murder of laura palmer right it was yeah yeah, it was the network that forced him into uh, that situation i think too you know 
as the second season went on, Lynch and Mark Frost were not around as much. They were working on other projects. I think if they would have spent more time concentrating on season two, Mm -hmm. they probably could have come up with great ideas to please the ABC brass that didn't, you know, uh, give away who killed Laura Palmer if if that had just concentrated on it more. But I think they were too busy doing other stuff to even fight the good fight on it. Yeah, they they there's there's blame to go around. That's for sure. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, well, and I'll tell you right now, uh, mm-hmm. this epi- uh, this part 13. Yeah. Again, I thought part 12 was the worst episode of the series so far. Part 13, <laughs> in my opinion, was was worse. It's the worst one of the lot so far, in my opinion. And I love Twin Peaks. And I well, know I'm a downer talking about how much I, I hate some of the things that go on in this series, but... Right. You know, and I guess on some level, I can agree with you about that. But I mean, they they kind of tied up some issues that were kind of dangling out there, but they weren't necessarily important issues. But, then right. it, you know, and then, well, why, why don't we just get into it? And uh, we'll go through it, and we'll we'll decide what <laughs> what parts we hated and what parts we loved, if there are yeah. any parts that we loved. All right, let's go through it, and then uh, and I'll just keep bitching. All right, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, I, I understand. There's a lot to bitch about. That's for sure. Yeah. Because I'm sure, starting with the very first scene, it probably pissed the fuck out of you, because uh, it starts <laughs> off in Las Vegas, Nevada, in the um, the offices of Bud Mullins, and we see the Mitchum brothers and Dougie are celebrating their windfall. Uh, throughout the officers doing a, a conga line, if you want to call it that, to some kind of weird video game music uh, going through the office. And uh, ultimately, they end up in Bud Mullins's office, uh, all of them. And um, so they have three gifts to give to Bud Mullins because they're so happy that they got their $30 million from him. And uh, I can't remember. They gave him like a box of fancy cigars and then some diamond cufflinks and a brand new car brand i guess if you got 30 million that's just chicken feed to get someone a new car oh hell yeah yeah and plus (laughs) i mean bud mullins you know he probably made 60 million dollars in the the deal because he had the uh, other insurance policy as a hedge against having to pay out the mitchum brothers so hey he he won all over the place he was a happy man right yeah but. Well, you know, here and, you know, you're right. That scene to me was like, yeah, whatever. They, of course, Candy and the other girls were there, too. Mm-hmm. It's just like, boy, it's it's six characters I could give a fuck about doing a conga line. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. And that horrible, horrible video game music. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was awful. And and so, of course, you know what I the first thing I thought was, OK, they had dinner the night before. Mm-hmm. Now it looks like they've partied all night. Is it September 30th yet? And I have just learned, I, going through this episode, I got so pissed off uh-huh. because it's day, it's night, it's night, it's day. There's no continuity to the days. Yeah. Um, and I, you just have to, I just had to say, okay, Lynch is going to do what Lynch is going to do. You know, who knows what day, this still isn't, they still haven't gone to the 
area that that Bobby knows about. I can't remember what that's called now. The bunny rabbit hutch or whatever the fuck it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Jack rabbit farm. That's not it either. Anyway, (laughs) Jack rabbit farm. Yes, that's got to be it. No, something close to that. Um, right. But yeah, I just had to during this episode, I just had to finally let it go and just be like, uh, you know, I guess why I got so into it was they made a big point when when uh, uh, principal. What's his last name? Hastings. Hastings c- circled the picture of Major Briggs and they had him write the date on there. And that date was September 29th. Right. Two days before, you know, they're supposed to go on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um Bobby and and the and uh, Sheriff Truman and Hawk and and I you know I thought oh these dates must really be important they must mean something but I don't think they mean shit because yeah because when you watch the episodes it's day it's night it's night it's day there's no rhyme or reason or continuity mm-hmm. to t- time of day in what's going on right so I'm thinking when they're doing this conga line it's got to be at least 24 hour you know or at least the next day because you know it takes a while to pick out uh gifts and buy cars and shit like that to give right but yeah. mullins and and uh dougie and all that but uh anyway to to cap off the this first scene that we're talking about uh everybody's happy except for anthony sinclair played by tom sizemore he's hiding behind his desk and then he calls Mr. Todd, and uh, he he's telling him, I, I don't know what happened, you know, because he, he assumed that, you know, after he had gone and talked to the Mitchum brothers, that the Mitchum brothers were surely going to kill Dougie. And he has to report to Mr. Todd that uh, that did not happen. And Mr. Todd is not happy. And so he gives Sinclair one day to remedy the situation. Dun-dun-dun. Okay. And then, as usual, at the end of Mr. Todd's scene, he calls in um, <laughs> Roger for yes. a blowjob. I yes. mean, for to yeah, <laughs> Roger, get in here. Yes, he wants to Roger, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that's pretty pretty much covers the first scene. Thank yep. God. All right. Okay. So scene two, probably you hated as well, um, <laughs> because it's. Delivery men bringing a gym set for Sonny Jim to the Jones household. And Janie E is there, and she's like, what the hell? And he's like, oh, it's a gym, gym set. Compliments of the Mitchum brothers. Oh, and by the way, here's a brand new BMW for you as well. Car, uh, you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so Janie E is amazed and mesmerized and happy as shit. And so then, uh, <laughs> then, then it cuts to Sonny Jim loving his new gym set in the backyard. And apparently this gym set comes with its own light show and spotlight. Yeah, (laughs) and it's nighttime, and we still don't know what fucking day it is in Lynch World. Exactly, (laughs) and so... So Janie that's, E. That's when I started giving up on uh, what day is it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> so um, Dougie and Janie are watching Sonny Jim play on his gym set, and she says, oh, he's in seventh heaven. And, of course, Dougie says, seven heaven. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. So I guess that whole storyline has been tied up about, you know, People, well, not really. It hadn't been tied up until later on. But anyway, whatever the case, 
All right. Right. Now it gets to the gritty, gritty, gritty scene. Uh, the next scene in Western Montana. Apparently, doppelganger Bad Cooper has arrived at the farm finally uh, in his truck, and he uh, what pulls into a garage. And apparently there are several people watching him on the most amazing closed-circuit television system in the history of the world. <laughs> Jesus, do you really need that big of a, a television screen to, right. uh, as a security camera? It's Yeah, it was kind of weird, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what that was about, but it ended up in, a, in the next scene coming up being a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. So anyway, um, back, so we, we found, uh-huh. so Ray's there, and we find out that Ray works for Mister Clean. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. <laughs> I guess the the actual character's name is Renzo, Renzo who is yeah, yeah, he's like a seven foot tall, bald headed guy uh, who apparently is very fond of arm wrestling. So, <laughs> <sighs> so Bad Cooper arrives, and the the goon. Named Muddy, well, Ray tells him, well, Ray's intention is that he wants to kill Cooper right as he walks out of the elevator, but uh, Renzo has other plans, and he said, I don't know what he says, we want to play the game or some bullshit like that. So Cooper comes out, and they say, hey, you can leave right now, or you can play the game, you play the arm wrestling game, and if you lose, Renzo's your boss, if you win, you are the boss. Yeah, it's. I mean, come on. That is the weirdest thing <laughs> in the world. I and, just uh, got so. I got yeah. Another one of those scenes where I just you know, oh good grief, this is dumb. Of course, and uh, of course, I guess Bad Cooper's response is to their their whole idea of this stupid arm wrestling game. He says, "What is this? Kindergarten? Yeah, nursery school?" Nursery school. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, I, I'm not interested in being your boss. If I win, I want him. And he's referring to Ray, the guy who double-crossed him, and uh, who Ray actually thought he had killed Bad Cooper, but he had not. Um, <laughs> so they, um, so Bad Cooper goes into the building, walks down some stairs to the arm wrestling room, and as he's walking, uh, Renzo punches him in the back of the head. Two for flinching. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and of course Renzo says from the nursery school teacher right after he punches <laughs> in the back of the head <laughs> so they they go down to a very nice uh, leather covered arm wrestling um, table not very nice it's actually pretty ugly looking piece of shit lots of <laughs> lots of sweat and grease all over it probably yeah <laughs> and so they they sit down and uh, the big the, the goon named Muddy tells him the rules of the the thing, you know, arms on table. Uh, you can't put your other hand on the table. Uh, hands up. Clasp your hands together. <laughs> and they get into starting positions. And uh, so they start arm wrestling. And looks like Renzo's going to beat Bad Cooper, like, almost immediately. But he doesn't quite get him down. But then it turns out the doppelganger has been toying with Renzo the whole time. Surprise, surprise. Yes. <laughs> so he easily, like, pulls him back up to the starting positions and uh, and it's like uh and he tells him it hurt my arm when you had it down here but it really hurt when you had it down here uh, <laughs> i was like okay uh, so, so like so, yeah 
And so they go back wrote, to... Uh-huh. Go ahead. I wrote, worst arm wrestling scene since that stupid Sylvester Stallone movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, yeah, it's patently obvious that Doppelganger has been toying with the guy because he then easily puts him down. He says, see, doesn't it hurt when your your arm when goes down like that? And he puts him like halfway down. And then he's like... And then, of course, he goes back to starting positions. Then he slams the Renzo's arm down, probably breaking his arm, and then immediately smashes his face in and kills him. <laughs> As uh, Gordon would say, he's dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read a whole thing online about someone who was talking about how this episode was all about uh, everything resetting back to starting position in Twin Peaks, uh, uh, mentioned, which actually, you know, sometimes people have these insights to things that is like, I would have never thought of that. They, Whoever wrote this article uh-huh. was talking about how, as we'll discuss coming up, you know, uh, Bobby is still in Twin Peaks and he's still pining over Shelly and, and, and – um, Big Ed is still pining over Norma, and Shelly and Norma are still going to the wrong guys. And, right, you know, right. he, this person who wrote this article kept talking about, mm. you know, how everything is getting, and we all know that we're converging on Twin Peaks at some point here. Everything's going to go back there. Yeah. Um, so it was, inter- I thought that was kind of interesting because to me, the arm wrestling scene was just stupid. And I, it I is you know, stupid. but, um, um but if you want to see it as a metaphor for the where the series is going and how all these people are kind of going back to Twin Peaks to the to where it all began, maybe that's an interesting analogy. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. All yeah. Right. That that at least gives some meaning to this crazy bullshit. Course, Stupid scene. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Now, Bad Cooper has he he's the boss now because the the goon the Muddy tells him all yours, boss. And then Doppelganger says, "Give me some cell phones," and they're. Several people hand him his cell phones, and then then uh, Muddy tells him he's all yours, boss, referring to Ray. And then uh, Cooper has Bad Cooper has a gun. Ray tries to run. Bad Cooper shoots him in the leg. After after he says, uh, "Can we talk about this?" Then he runs. Then Cooper shoots him in the leg, and then then Cooper says, "Now we can talk." And then uh, the weird accountant is standing there, and he said, "Do you need any money?" Bad Cooper says, "No." It was funny because the whole time I'm watching the wrestling scene, I'm like, who's this one guy in a fucking kind of sweater vest suit? <laughs> yeah, there was. What the fuck is he doing there? I yeah. was like, did they just. Because sometimes, you know, like Killer Bob mm-hmm. was a grip on Twin Peaks, I think, or an electrician or something, the, the Frank Silva who played him. Yes. And sometimes I'm like, did Lynch just get a bunch of the Teamsters to kind of be the bad, you know, <laughs> the, the gang in this scene? But, but I'm like. Who's the one guy in a fucking yes. sweater vest? <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was so weird and out of place when he was standing there right after, yeah, standing there and asking if he needed any money. And then, yeah. And when, after Cooper Cooper, made it, or <laughs> when Bad Coop had made it clear that everybody better get the fuck out. Right. And uh, of course, then he just walks down the stairs after Cooper says, no, I don't need any money. Right. So then he, he tells Ray, somebody hired you to kill me. Who is it? And then, you know, Ray spills. Uh, he said it came through a man named Philip Jeffries. He was the one who set up the whole prison thing up with Warden Murphy. He said that you were going to kill me. He said you got something inside you that he wants. Um, yeah, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And then Bad Cooper says, did he ever mention uh, Major Briggs? And Ray says no. Yeah, and and um, and then Ray is reaching for his pocket, and Cooper says, "Easy." And he said, "Hey, um, 
yeah, it's not a gun or something. He said, so he pulls the green owl ring out of his pocket mm-hmm. uh, and then bad cooper tells him put it on ray so ray says i know who you are what does he mean by that i know who you are it wouldn't be more to the point i know what you are i don't know right yeah so then uh ray mentions to bad cooper that he has the coordinates in his pocket well, i think i think bad cooper asks him if he has the information that he wants and he tells him that he has coordinates in his pockets. He pulls them out. And uh, I think as this is going on, we see that Richard Horn is watching all this going on on the closed circuit TV yeah, system. That was the coolest. That was one of the coolest scenes in, in the this episode, I thought. They're all uh, watching the, the big screen TV of what's mm-hmm. going on between Cooper and Ray. And then out of the background into the front comes fucking Richard Horn. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote and there's fucking Richard Horn. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> wow. It was like, I, yeah, we had no idea that he had any connection to the farm, or I, I don't think exists. he necessarily knows Bad Cooper. Uh, right. Because it almost looks like he's seeing him for the first time, the way he's looking at him in fascination, or so yeah. it seems. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's, you know, what he's supposed to be thinking there. Is, I, you know, again, uh, the theory is that that's his dad, mm-hmm. but I think he's just supposed to be impressed with how fucking cool and evil Bad Coop is. Right. Well, Richard's no slouch himself. Right, yeah. But, yeah, he's not quite as bad as uh, the doppelganger, obviously. So, anyway, the the doppelganger is still talking to Ray, and he says, where is Philip Jeffries? And uh, Ray tells him, I don't even think it's a real place, but it's called the Dutchman's. And right after he says that, Bad Cooper, yeah, bang, kills Ray, puts a bullet right into his forehead. And then I think he says, I know what it is. So, that's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, then, uh, oh, yeah. So, Th- there was a whole lot of talk during that scene about the ring. Yes. And that, and that, I don't know if you mentioned this, Ray was supposed to put it on Cooper's finger after he killed him. I just, oh, I, you know, right, right, right. That's true. It, Philip Jeffries and, had told him he had to put it on him after he killed right. him. But he never had a chance because I think the, you know, all the weird uh, woodsmen, woodsmen showed up. Yeah, he pissed his pants and ran away like a little boy. Um, <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it was interesting that, you know, he had the ring and he was supposed to put it on Cooper's finger. And then mm-hmm. uh, he got scared and ran away. But then when Cooper shows up at this garage, all of a sudden he's not scared of him. You know, he's not freaked out anymore about all the weird shit that happened. He doesn't even bring it up. I don't know. It just seemed a little hard to believe. But. Yeah, of course, he had, you know, he had all this backup, so he figured that he was safe. Right. And maybe, you know, maybe he blocked out the the weird happenings that went on, you know, after he shot uh, Well, it's hard Bad to Cooper. tell Mr. Clean that you got scared of some phantom ghost-looking homeless man. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was Ray thinking was going to happen? You know, he was going to, because he was initially thinking he was going to shoot bad cooper when he came out of the elevator 
I mean, you know, what would have happened then? Just yeah. some some more woodsman would have come out and you know pulled pulled right. the, pulled the bob head head out of him again or something or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, we couldn't get all this exposition if that had happened. But yeah, I just well, thought yeah. it rang a little false because of all that. Right. You know. Okay. So after so after Bad Cooper kills Ray, the ring on his finger disappears and goes to the Black Lodge, and then mm-hmm. shortly after that. Ray, or at least some portion of Ray, goes to the Black Lodge as well. Right, yeah. I thought it was funny, too, when Coop, after he shoots him, he starts walking out, and he walks right by the camera and kind of looks into it like he knows they're all watching him. Ah, right. Yeah, that's a good point. It's very subtle, yeah. So I I wonder, did anybody get any Garmonbosia after Ray was killed? <laughs> I'm just just wondering. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah, you right? know. Cream corn for everyone. Hell yeah! <laughs> Everybody's, everybody in the Black Lodge is walking around with a big bowl of cream corn. <laughs> <laughs> so after that happens, it, what appears to be the hand of the uh, one-armed man uh, puts the ring on the gold table. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we covered. Pretty much everything yep. that happened in that one. Yeah, I'm gonna edit. I'm gonna have to edit that one down. We dragged that one on a little bit, or I did. <laughs> I should say. We'll see. That's no, okay. All right. The next scene. Two of the Fusco brothers are at the. Um, is that, oh, they're the, in the Las Vegas Las, Police Department. Yeah, the Las Vegas Police Department, talking about going to have dinner with their mother, while some horrible screaming and yelling about a woman pissing her pants and says she's going to piss in everybody's mouth, and nobody's doing anything about it. They're completely ignoring it. <laughs> I guess you just hear shit like that in the LVPD all the time, probably. Oh, that's probably true, yeah. That's probably one of the wildest police departments police. in the country, for sure. Probably, yeah. With drunk a crazy. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the main uh, Fusco brother comes into the room and talks about Dougie and... How he uh, he's got a report in his hand of him being an escaped prisoner and an ex FBI agent, and he thinks that's, that's the funniest thing he's ever heard of. Thinks that's it's total- a huge fucking mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so he wads up the report and tosses it into the trash can. Yep. Not before uh, like, make, making a bet with his brothers that he can make it, and, and I think he gets a dollar out of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, just funny that they've got the truth there, and and it's so completely ridiculous that they're like, yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> hilarious. The bumbling Fusco brothers, I tell you. Oh, well. <laughs> Las Vegas's finest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reno 911 got nothing on these guys. Well, that's right. There's a reason they're in Vegas and not someplace like where, <laughs> where real crime usually happens. Right. Okay, ready for the next scene? Okay. Yep. Anthony Sinclair meets up with the bad cop, Detective Clark, who, by the way, is played by John Savage, if you remember. John the- fucking <laughs> Savage, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I hardly recognized him. I didn't either. It wasn't until I saw the credits that I went, oh, my fucking God. Exactly. John Savage. Right. Mm-hmm. Not to get off on a slope, but he was in this kind of crazy... TV miniseries in the 80s of uh, of um, Huxley's Brave New World. Do you remember seeing that? No. Really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. 
Any good? It's kind of it's kind of good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um it's not as wild and crazy as like someone should remake it now on cable where they can show fucking and crazy stuff, you know, but right, uh it, right. it's still interesting. Okay, that's cool. So, anyway, Anthony <laughs> Sinclair has come to ask Detective Clark uh advice on poisons and wants him to acquire some poison for him because uh, Sinclair is a bit of a coward and that's probably the only way he thinks that he could possibly uh, kill Dougie or Good Cooper and um, so um, he agrees to meet up with the with Detective Clark later that day to acquire the uh, poison so obviously Detective Clark and his crooked partner are in cahoots with Mr. Todd Yes, yeah. Which which adds a whole lot of more meaning about and a little more insight into what Bud Mullins was talking about in a previous episode about police corruption that Dougie had exposed uh, and that the the Mitchum brothers actually did deserve the $30 million because it wasn't a, a scam. Right. Uh, kind of tied that up and made uh, made some more sense. Okay, so that's pretty much it of that scene. So mm-hmm. on to the next scene. It's Hutch and Chantal. It's are... day, it's night, it's night, it's day. Lynch <laughs> doesn't know what day it is. Right, so they're driving in a van on their way to uh, Utah, apparently. I don't even. All I wrote was they were they're in a van, and I didn't even wrote right what they talked about. I was so distracted by the fact that it was night again that I <laughs> you just you just got to let it go, man. You got to. I it know, go. man. It, it wasn't <laughs> until further in. The, I think that's about where I let it go. Where I went, just fuck it. Right. You, <laughs> oh, there's no in my notes. I can see there's more. <laughs> right. So, um, so anyway, Hutch is ta- telling telling her about the Mormons in Utah, and that oh they, yeah. That's they right. don't drink alcohol, and they don't drink coffee, and they don't drink uh, Coca-Cola. And Chantal's just amazed by this, and he talks about, well, yeah, but they they don't get that, but they they get the men get to have many wives, and so how they have. Um, and I think she says something like, "How come they don't have a bunch of kids?" Then I guess it's the drinks, and I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. But <laughs> right, it's yeah. not important. It's just it means a, nothing. Another a, scene that means nothing. It's a palate cleanser scene. That's all it is. Yeah. Okay. I guess they're in Utah on their way to Twin Peaks, like everybody else. I guess is all you can really glean from that one. I guess so. Maybe maybe they're uh, they're out of the picture. Right. From from here on out, who knows? Possibly, yes. Yep. So, uh, all right. Next scene: Janie E drives Dougie to work in their new car. <laughs> So, uh, and you Ant- get a car, and you get a car. <laughs> yes. So, Anthony Sinclair is waiting in the lobby of uh, Bud Mullen's insurance agency and waits for Dougie in the lobby as Dougie's having a really hard time to get through the front door <laughs> until somebody brings him in. So, uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. So, he waits for Dougie in the lobby because he wants to have coffee with him. I wonder why he wants to have coffee with him. Hmm. <laughs> so they so they both get coffee and they sit down and uh, then Dougie gets distracted by the sound of steam in the kitchen or he sees the cherry pie in the kitchen. So while Dougie goes off to look at the cherry pies, Sinclair puts poison into his coffee. Imagine that! Oh my goodness, what can <laughs> what's going to happen? So Dougie, uh, after ordering his pie in quotes, the waitress basically tells him, "I'll bring it to you." Honey. And, uh, so uh, Dougie comes back and he notices some dandruff 
on the back of Anthony Sinclair. So he begins kind of pushing and prodding on Anthony's back. And of course, Anthony thinks that he's been found out and that uh, his his attempt to poison has been uh, thwarted. So he apologizes profusely. He grabs the poison cup and runs off. At that very moment, the waitress brings the cherry pie to Dougie. Oh, boy, he's so happy. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Anthony runs to the bathroom, dumps the coffee in the bathroom, I guess the urinal? In the urinal, yeah. Yes, in the man. There's a man in the urinal right next to him, and in the credits, he's called Man at Urinal. He goes, that bad, huh? <laughs> whatever. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yes, whatever. Silly. Okay, I think that was it. Um, so on to the next scene. Shelly at the Double R Diner. Guess it, what, man? It's another throwaway scene that means nothing. How many were there in this episode? I know, it was quite a few. There's a lot of, l- way too many palate cleansers. I mean, man. Yeah, we it have, was a... We had the cleanest palates in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I couldn't even taste that cherry pie no more. Yeah, really, no kidding. So anyway, Shelly is called by Becky, uh, and Becky says, Stephen hasn't come home in two days. Well, good. I mean, <laughs> who gives a fuck? Two uh, days ago, when did he leave? What day is it? Was two days ago the 29th? <laughs> is today the 2nd? What fucking day is it, Lynch? <laughs> Let it go, man. Let it go. Yeah. So anyway, Shelly tells Becky to come on down to the diner and she'll get her some cherry pie with ice cream and whipped cream. And of course, well, Becky can't resist that. So she's probably going to be on her way. Not there when we get there later, but that's another story. Hey, man, your volume level's way down. What's going on? Hmm. I'm still here. Okay. Is it still way down? No, it's good now. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I backed away a little bit. Yeah. It's, It's amazing how just. A matter of a few inches brings it down so much. You're telling me. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) You set them up and I knock them down. Right. Yes. Okay, so on to the next scene after multiple palate cleansers. Well, after after one palate cleanser. Okay, Anthony Sinclair is in Bud Mullen's office, and he confesses fully to Bud Mullins, and he is so sorry about what he's done and that Dougie found him out. And because Sinclair has been so contrite, uh, Bud Mullins says that he, he really had despised him, but now his 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 hating of Sinclair is subsiding because he is he's come clean and he's told everything that he's done and that how he had been um, involved in uh, shady dealings there at the company. And yeah, working for Duncan Todd and, right. and oh, prepared yeah. to testify against Duncan Todd, and he says yes. Yeah, so thing is, obviously Bud Mullins knows who Duncan Todd is. Is Duncan right. Todd like the competition? Well, I I got the impression. I, doesn't Duncan Todd? Well, maybe so because do, isn't Duncan Todd the one that's trying to get Sizemore to kill Dougie, or told told him to told Sizemore to go to the 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 brothers? I can't mm-hmm. remember their name now. The Mitchum brothers, Mitchum brothers, and try yeah. try and get Dougie in trouble with them. Right. Yeah. Right. So they they're competitors somehow or something. Exactly. I don't know. 
yeah. So I know this. Mm-hmm. That was Tom Sizemore cannot act. That was the worst <laughs> fucking acting I've ever seen in a Lynch thing. Well, it was so fucking horrible. I just was like, oh my god, this is awful. It was well, it was yeah, it was it was it was a comical portrayal of a, of a contrite person. Um, and well, I mean, you have to admit though, that's that's completely playing against type for Tom Sizemore. I don't think he's ever played a character like that before. Usually, I he, guess maybe he, that was the yeah joke is that he's normally plays the bad guy, and here he turns out to be and kind of a pussy. But right. I was just, I was just like, oh, this is horrible. This is some really horrible acting going on here. But <laughs> yes, may, maybe you're right. Maybe that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be, oh, he he doesn't normally play this character, so right, we're gonna camp it up or whatever. I don't know. Okay. I was just like, yeah, right. So, <laughs> so anyway, like you said, he uh, Mullins gets he convinces Sinclair to testify against Duncan Todd, as you said, and also those two cops. And uh, Sinclair is like, I didn't know you knew about the cops. They're worse than Todd. <laughs> and then he goes and s- starts blubbering again. Uh, Dougie saved my life. Thank you, Dougie. And Dougie thank says, "Thank you, Dougie." And he says, "Thank Dougie." <laughs> He's like, "Thank you, Dougie." Or so, etc. Uh, uh-huh. And I think that's it of that, <laughs> that scene. Was enough. Right. Yeah. Okay. The next scene. Bobby Briggs now, is at the. Now it's the, night again. It is. <laughs> so Bobby Briggs arrives at the Double R Diner, and he's. By himself and uh, looks like he's ordered a meal and he's looking for Shelly, but she's not there. It's not her. Her shift is over. And uh, he happens to run across uh, Big Ed and Norma sitting in a booth together. Looks Big like Ed. So yeah, good to see him. We haven't seen Big Ed in long Big Ed in a long time, and and uh, Norma's there with him, and she's doing some paperwork and. And at first glance, you're like, oh, that's good to see uh, Big Ed and Norma together again. That's real nice. Yep. And, uh, well... But you get your dick stomped on again. I tell you, that's right, because after Norma steps away for a few minutes, Ed, Bobby says, well, may- maybe I should, uh, you know, go eat at a table by myself and leave you two together. And uh, Ed says some fateful words. He says, nothing happening here. Yep. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> really? Uh, okay. But anyway, um, well, I just thought, you know, even at that point, I'm still like, oh, they've been together a long time. You know, they're 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 Bobby isn't going to bother them. They're not, you know, having a romantic moment or anything because they've been together for years and years. We just assume. Right. But of course, we get we get our hearts stomped on when we believe that for a second. We do. So also, by the way, Bobby orders the usual and Bobby's usual is spaghetti. Oh, <laughs> I didn't notice that. I anyway. think it, I'm pretty sure it was spaghetti. It it it, it could have been. <laughs> I, I didn't notice. I'll have to I'll have to watch it again. So anyway, um, Bobby agrees to uh, sit with them while he eats, and uh, then he starts talking about kind of vaguely mentioned the the stuff that he had gotten from his father, which I assume he's referring to the. The little cylindrical tube that had the message in it. Maybe right. there, maybe yeah. there's some other items. I don't know, but I think that's what he was referring to. Yeah. And um, what's interesting to me is, is he. There's something else that was going on there that we'll talk about later at the at the end of the episode. But uh, right about that time, and our hearts really get knocked in the dirt at this point. Walter arrives. Walter apparently is Norma's boyfriend. And Walter is played by 
Grant Goodeve, if you remember Grant Goodeve. Eight is enough. Yeah, man, I haven't seen his ass in a long time and you know, I was like when yeah. I saw when I saw his big grinning face walk in, I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" I've seen that face a million times before, but it's been decades, so it it wasn't until I saw the credits that I was like, "Of course." Yeah, I recognized him right away. He actually looks pretty damn good. Yeah, and um, not bad. uh. And then, of course, the minute I saw him, I remembered, oh, yeah, that's right. When I looked at all the people who were in the cast, mm-hmm. he was in the cast, and I had kind of forgotten about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, Grant Goodeve. Yeah. So so anyway, um, Ed and Bobby leave the table to um, – or leave the booth to allow Walter and Norma to be alone. And as it turns out, Walter – is not only her boyfriend, he's also her business consultant. And uh, apparently, Norma's Double R Diner is a franchise. There are five locations of Norma's Double R Diner. I don't know yes. where they are. And uh, and he's there to uh, give her the good news that three of the five uh, Norma's Double R Diners are turning a profit. But, unfortunately, the flagship location which is the one that norma's at is losing money because she's spending too much money for pie uh ingredients but not charging enough for them and uh and they they discuss and and turns out norma gets it out of him that the other locations are people don't like their pies as much and turns out they're not sourcing their ingredients the same way that Norma's doing, you know, she's getting, uh, you know, organic and uh, locally grown, all that stuff, but these other locations aren't. And so Walter's trying to get her to try alternative sources and tweak the formula, and she's she's a little she's a little concerned about that. So a little hesitant to do yeah, that. Yeah, definitely hesitant about that. So. So again, I just considered this a throwaway scene, but then I read a thing online, I think it was by the same person who was talking about the return to, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's returning, resetting to zero, and, yeah. you know, and uh, they were talking about how that was an analogy for the franchise of Twin Peaks, the series, that other people had tried to do episodes of it and they weren't as good as the original and the original had more naturally, you know, more Lynch basically. And I was like, that's an interesting analogy, but I certainly didn't think that for a second watching it. I was just like, yeah, me either. I mean, maybe they're, they're reading way too much into it. Right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But it's always interesting to hear fan theories about Twin Peaks because they're numerous. Right. Uh, The only other thing, Walter also wants her to change the location that she's in from the Double R Diner to also say Norma's Double R Diner like the other locations do. But she she doesn't want that. She wants it to stay the same and not have her name on it. Of course, he's... He's right. work, he's working on her, but I, I'm not sure she's she's too. Hip, it's Twin hip on Peaks. That. It's not David Lynch's Twin Peaks, <laughs> right? <laughs> so anyway, at the end of that scene, we see Big Ed at another booth is visibly jealous, or right. that's what I gathered. Yeah, well, he's at least you know unhappy. He's you know right. Whether whether he's accepted what's going on or not, he's just. He's, yeah, he, he, he's sad for sure. Yeah, and that point is rammed home later on. Yes. <laughs> okay, so next scene. Dr. Jacoby drives by the store, run silent, run deep, and he stops. Run drapes, isn't it? Oh, oh, oh I'm run sorry. Run silent, run drapes. Run silent, run drapes. I don't, yeah, I was, yeah, well. <laughs> 
So anyway, he stops and he uh, sees that obviously he sees one of his golden shovels in the window and uh, he uh, rings the bell and guess who? Obviously, we knew who it was going to be. I don't think he necessarily knew who was going to answer the door. And of course, I it's not. Yeah, Nadine answers the door and uh, they're actually pretty excited to see each other. And uh, he said he saw the, her shovel in the window and she tells him that she, you know, she watches this show all the time and and even uh, uh, attributes her business success to him. And um, and she also says, thanks to you, I am starting to shovel my way out of the shit. <laughs> and then he says, yeah, I remember seeing you not that long ago. You were on your hands and knees looking for a potato and <laughs> yes. at, the, at the grocery like store. It. it had fallen on yeah. the ground or something. And he said there was yeah, a there was seven a, years ago, I think he said. Oh, OK. So that wasn't very recently, but seven I, years ago. OK. Yeah. And he said there was a big storm that day. Yeah. And it, and it was like, you know, there was some, I don't know what that was all about, other than right. he, he remembered all these details, meaning that it was significant to him, and she notices that. And so I'm like, hmm, is there a budding romance going on between Dr. Jacoby and Nadine? Quite uh, possibly. I, I would say so. So that's cool. <laughs> so... Next scene, Sarah Palmer. Yes, a very weird scene. Sarah Palmer is smoking and drinking while a boxing match is playing on the television, and uh, the the boxing scene seems to reset every you know ten seconds after a staticky sputtering sound is heard, and uh, she doesn't necessarily seem to notice right and yeah. she's just going about her business you know walking in uh, to the kitchen and coming back into with more uh, vodka <laughs> yeah there's there's some weird shit going on at sarah palmer's house and we just don't quite know what that is yet right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that scene was really odd. You expect, you know, like with Lynch, you expect something to happen and nothing does. It's just the TV's on a loop and she's drinking and smoking a lot. Oh, um, yeah. And you get the impression. And I think maybe, you know, yeah, maybe the message is that doesn't really matter what's on TV. She's not really there. Right. She's drinking and smoking. That's all she really is doing. Yeah, that's true. It kind of reminds me of that. Another scene in a previous episode where she's watching, uh, I can't remember what it was. It was some nature show where yeah. crocodiles were uh, catching and eating uh, wildebeest running across the water or something like that. Or lions yeah. were attacking a zebra. I can't I remember what, what it was. was. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting, I guess, that it's a wrestling match as well because, and box, I believe it's, boxing. it's a, or a boxing match, and mm -hmm. I believe, isn't it? at a knockout at a point where there's a knock or someone's knocked down yes yes so yeah i mean obviously at her house she's watching violent things um, right. whatever that means okay hmm maybe uh bob has control of her remote <laughs> maybe he does <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah you know because bob was no stranger to that house so who knows i don't know weird shit always going on in that house man no kidding you know white horses appearing and people getting killed and <laughs> ceiling fans running 24 7 and yeah you know on the stairwell of all places to have a fucking ceiling fan but all right Right. Well, you know, because circulates that hot air that gets trapped up in that, that stairwell. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, 
and, and drowns out the sounds of you molesting your daughter. Exactly. It's a win-win. It's yes. a win-win fan. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, on to the next scene, which you probably hated. <laughs> Audrey and Charlie. <laughs> well, I did in online fan theory. Mm. Okay. Online fan I'm, theory? I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Let's continue. Audrey uh, and Charlie are arguing over what Tina said because uh, Audrey still wants to know. And Audrey feels like she is somebody else, which is weird. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Charlie is is not very... Uh, sympathetic. Yeah, he's not very sympathetic at all. He's like, oh, that's existentialism 101. And he said... I thought you were going to go to the roadhouse to go find Billy. And uh, and at this point, she just gets confused and more confused. She doesn't know where the roadhouse is. And he's like, what do you mean you don't know where the roadhouse is? And then he says something that's really weird. He says to her, are you going to stop playing games or do I have to end your story too? I'm right, like, yeah. What, what the, the fuck? fuck does that mean? And that's like, Ugh. and then she says, What story is that, Charlie? Is it the story of the little girl who lived down the lane? And I'm like, What the hell? I don't know what that goes. <laughs> and then she's like, and, and then they're talking about, he asks her, Well, do you, are you going to go? And she says, I want to stay and I want to go. I, I want to do both. And then she says, It's like Ghostwood here. So that's, that's, there's some weird shit going on. It's just like, she's right. On, she's on the verge of a nervous breakdown at this point. I don't right. Know Ghostwood Estates going. was a place they were trying to build in the original series. Ben and Jerry Horn were trying to, right. To, do that and and i believe when she chains herself to the to the to the bank vault mm-hmm. it's in protest of something about ghostwood estates i can't remember now exactly what it what it, that is so it's, it's in protest of the construction of, of the ghostwood estates yes okay and uh, uh, and ghostwood estates is named after the ghostwood forest where it was going to be built okay yeah. And I think they mentioned in an earlier episode of of this season uh-huh. that I think Ben mentions it as if it did happen like a like a subdivision did get built there. Ah, okay. But I I could be mistaken, but I feel like that was mentioned at some point. Yeah, it's very likely. Um so this scene is interesting to me because we're seeing more of the relationship between Audrey and Charlie and not and it's and it seems sinister to me at this point. Um, it's almost like Charlie has been gaslighting Audrey for years, and uh, as some means of controlling her. Maybe she's he's completely taken her away from her family. It almost feels like she has like she has no contact with you know her father or uh, her brother or or, or or mother. I don't know. Or it's her just, son. Yeah, or her son, because we didn't hear her mention anything about any of them at any point. It's almost like she's somehow a prisoner in her own home. Well, the way. the fan theory online mm-hmm. that I read is that uh, Charlie is is that she's crazy, and Charlie is her doctor, and so oh. you know he 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 responds to her based on whatever she says and does. Um, so are they married or she th- just thinks that they're married? Right. Yeah. Is that because... something he goes along with sometimes? Cause she's just oh. psychotic or nuts or whatever. Okay. 
But yeah, I don't know if I, you know, which to me, again, you know, it's just like the thing with Dougie where we put up with eight episodes of him mm-hmm. being goofy as fuck. And then they drop the bomb on us that he was in a car accident and some has times has episodes like this, which gives it all validity, you know. And so mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, here we are in episode two with Audrey where it's just all kinds of crazy talk. And it's like, are we going to get a bomb dropped on us at some point in the next five episodes where we have to go back and go, OK, what's, you know this is what she was talking about or who knows, you know, you know, yeah, Lynch definitely don't know. Right. Yeah. Things are still very strange and weird. And yeah, we're, we're just scratching our heads during these Audrey scenes so far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's still, I still find them boring, but there is a hope when I read the fan theory online that like, maybe she's crazy. Maybe Charlie is her doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, well, that's interesting. You know, if something like that comes to pass, it'll be another one of those things where, yeah, I'm sorry. I said it was boring. <laughs> yeah. Cause now it has some kind of validity to it. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm buying into the, uh, the doctor thing just right. yet, but, uh, you know, I, I, I guess it's a worthy hypothesis, but I, I don't think that that's going to pan out, but I know something ain't right. 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 Yeah. Whether she's, whether, you know, the doppelganger fucked, fucked a doppelganger craziness into her and she's just uh (laughs) you know split personality psychotic what do you call it schizophrenic um maybe and or and he's yeah or just the fact she's got brain damage i mean she was in a coma for who knows how long um, right yeah after you know after uh being in the explosion at the twin peaks savings and loan so yeah exactly yeah so we'll just have to wait and see i guess yep to be Mm -hmm. determined as they say Yep. So, um, next scene. It is at the Bang Bang Bar. Uh, and now I know for a fact that the Roadhouse and the Bang Bang Bar are the same place. Uh, <laughs> remember a previous episode? I always, th- I was thinking that they were two different places. Right. But, uh, yeah, because the, the guy who announces the uh, musical act says, uh, now at the Roadhouse. Ah, interesting. I didn't even snap. Yeah. Good, good call. Yeah. And so finally, I mean, I've got that straight in my own head and everybody else, I'm sure, or some people who are listening to us like, well, yeah, they're the same place. But Right. Yeah. I had to look online and online somewhere they said they were the same place. But, you know, my fan theory and your fan theory can be different. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, and guess who's performing at the Roadhouse that night? Why, it's James Hurley singing his uh, one hit just you <laughs> with his and he still has that weird falsetto voice <laughs> just you yeah and uh, with two I. with two brunette backup singers yes just like 25 years ago right. again on the fan theory thing i read online where they were talking about how everything is converging and coming mm-hmm. back to the beginning of twin peaks right uh, that was another one another instance they cited as an indication here's james hurley doing yep. a song from the original series yeah with two brunette girl singers in as right. background and it's reminiscent of uh when i guess it was donna and maddie were um right back yeah. up for him yes yeah so yeah, but I, th- that, uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, this episode is called "What What Story Is That, Charlie?" Which is something Audrey says. Mm-hmm. When to me, this story, this episode should be called "The Return" because uh, it definitely was a lot of about the return. Maybe a future episode will be called "The Return." I don't know, but um, well, maybe once everybody does converge on Twin Peaks, they'll call it that. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So while James Hurley is singing his wonderful hit song, <laughs> <laughs> Renee, a girl in a booth, is enamored and moved and teary eyed throughout the entire song. Just and- you. <laughs> So, Renee was was seen before in a previous episode uh, sitting in a booth with Shelly. She is one of Shelly's friends, apparently. Ah, and they talk about, James comes in and they point him out at that point, I think. Uh, Maybe. Yes, you're right. And that's when we find out. James has been in some sort of accident. Right. And yeah. uh, I guess that, that that also that scene is probably when Red and Shelley met for the first time. Oh, I didn't snap to that. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's looking at her from across the room yeah, at, the ro- at the roadhouse. Right. He's sitting at the bar looking over at them. So. Right. Interesting. Either that's either that's there when they meet or you know that's the longing glance from across the room after they've somewhat been together or something maybe they were keeping it a secret before that or something who knows but yeah maybe i forgot about that scene yep yeah okay so uh, on to the last scene while the credits rolled actually it's and you at, know uh-huh. uh, not i'm sorry not to interrupt you but no, i loved fine. that uh lynch you know at first when lynch started doing the band at the end of every episode the first 3 or 4 episodes that he you know episode 2 through 5 or something i think he did that yeah and we thought that was kind of going to be the the what do you, what do you call that the setup the what i th- what i th- thought was really interesting what i loved was that you know those first few episodes where lynch had a band at the end of every episode mm-hmm. we thought that was going to be the thing that he did at the end to wrap it up every week and then different things started happening and i love that this one had the full song performed Mm -hmm. and then we had a different scene at the end with the credits yeah that's true it wasn't the standard lead out if you want to call it that right right yeah yeah Yeah. outro or whatever Yeah. yeah well this lead out was took place at big ed's gas farm where we see ed is sitting at his front counter eating a cup of chicken soup and Is there anything sadder than a a lone seventy <laughs> year old man drinking a cup of soup? <laughs> yes, just watching traffic go by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then while he's eating his soup, something interesting happens. He picks up a piece of paper and strikes a match and burns the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And then he continues eating his soup. Because Ed is so lonely. <laughs> now, now, did you have any thoughts at all? Yes. What? Oh, I, okay. I do. Remember when he met up when Bobby saw him at the diner? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Bobby passed him a note because he's going to get the bookhouse boys together they all so that they all go down to uh the place that they're gonna go to in two days at uh, the, the, ah. the jackrabbit hill or whatever the fuck that place is <laughs> what is that place i'm gonna find out right now i've got okay. it in my notes somewhere let me search for rabbit was that a- jack rabbit's palace jack rabbit's palace okay Yes, that's what. Yeah, so that's a very good fan theory. I like that one. I can see that being, uh, uh, being the case. Yeah, Um, because I mean, it just. I mean, it just makes sense that right. Because whenever some really heavy shit was going down, 
they always got the bookhouse boys together. Right, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so. remember when they rescued Audrey from uh, uh, One-Eyed Jacks? Who did it? The bookhouse boys, they got all together. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, ah, yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah. That's interesting. Or at least they're part of the planning. Right. So, oh, that's right. Big Ed goes into the casino with a disguise or something, doesn't he? Or is that earlier? That. Yeah, that was part of it. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely yeah. right. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking was on the piece of paper. And Ed was burning it just to, you know, so nobody else would find out what right. they were up to, you know. Right, that's yeah. top secret. And Bobby can text everybody else, but Big Ed still likes the paper he can burn. <laughs> <laughs> He's old school. Hell yeah, all Ed has is a telephone and lots of cups of noodles. yeah. He's ran that gas station for 50-odd years, and he knows, goddammit, there's nothing wrong with burning something at a gas station. (laughs) (laughs) Perfectly safe. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) And so the the credits roll. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, just too much... me it seemed like too way too much meaningless stuff in this episode i it, it just seemed like a you know again another episode with maybe 10 minutes of interesting relevatory stuff and the rest is just kind of filler and none of it you know right sometimes lynch has filler and it's interesting mm-hmm. uh but then you know like we've said like the whole thing with dougie you know i thought of that as filler but now there's a reasonable reason that Dougie's that way and that people accept him as that way. Oh, yeah, that's true. At least they covered that base. That's true. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to forgive those earlier episodes where you're just like, fuck it, nobody would let Dougie walk around like this and not question it. Mm -hmm. Um, But once we find out he's been in an auto accident and has lingering side effects, well, that explains everything. (laughs) So hopefully... Hopefully Audrey's craziness will be explained somehow. Yes. So significant things in this episode were, okay, Bad Cooper now has the coordinates. Yes. That's important. We had to sit Uh, through a whole fuckload of arm wrestling to find that out with Mr. Clean, but whatever. (laughs) Mr. Clean (laughs) with a smashed-in face. (laughs) Holy fuck. That was was horrifying, but anyway. um, Yeah. Does Mr. Clean get blood out of woodwork? (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Clean puts blood in woodwork. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and uh, we know that Philip Jeffries is at the Dutchman's, whatever that is. Yes. That's uh, an interesting thing, too, because, obvi- you know, there's been supposedly it's been confirmed, but who knows, that Lynch did want Bowie to 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 film some scenes for this. But Bowie died before they really got oh, to filming his scenes. That's, yeah. Um, God. So many. Yeah. Uh, well. So, I, you know. It, is Philip Jeffries going to return as a as a character somehow? Because Lynch can certainly do anything. He, you know, he he's good at making things seem plausible. Sure. Um, They're going to get so, Mick Jagger to play the role. I thought about that. I thought, what if they had like a Bowie impersonator? I mean, I'm sure there's some out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know. Sure. Bound you to just be. get. Uh, you just get. Um, oh. The lead singer of the psychedelic furs, Richard Butler. You just get Richard there Butler. You go. He looks like fucking Bowie. That <laughs> close enough. He made a whole career out of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Well, hey, they they, love- they did it with Donna in uh, Fire Walk with Me. So that's true. Yeah. yeah. A completely yeah. different yeah. actress. So. It'd be interesting. Right. Right. Okay. But for um, Lynch, all brunettes are the same. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> I think that's all we got, man. Yep. So things are converging. Yeah. Hell yeah. The return. What does what does Cooper say? Bad Cooper say when he when he brings Mr. Clean's hands back to kind of the starting point? He says return to, to starting positions. Return to starting positions and yep. and that that seems like what we're kind of doing here. Everyone's kind of returning to the starting positions all around Twin Peaks. So mm-hmm. so it seems it will be hopefully. Yep. I, I mean, I'm you know I, I as we've said before, I I enjoy bitching about the show. I I love to talk about it and I <laughs> complain a lot. I know, but I I love it. I look forward to every episode. I'm I'm fascinated by it still. I, I'm still excited about it, and I right. can't wait for Sunday night to come. Mm, absolutely yeah i mean uh, yeah i can't remember well i mean there are some shows that you can't wait to you know or come back on but i mean this is something super special because it's you know it's 25 years in the making man this is yeah yeah and uh, it kind of makes me sad that more people that that i know or uh, that i work with are not as gung-ho about it as i am but that's why i'm so glad that we have this time to talk about it yeah me too you know and we should really give some kudos to showtime i mean they really stepped up and made this happen and that's amazing and i i gratefully give them money every month because uh you know putting twin peaks back on is Mm -hmm. a gift as far as i'm concerned Right. And oh, another thing that I saw uh, on uh, YouTube was a, a video that several cast members had put together when um, right after Lynch kind of pulled out of uh, doing the series, you know, right before they were going to do it, he uh, it appeared that it wasn't going to happen or at least right. he, he wasn't going to be a part of it. But there was some six or seven different cast members put together just kind of a, a thrown together video saying, you know, it just wouldn't be Twin Peaks without David Lynch. You know, David, come back. And uh, right. <laughs> and that was turned out that was actually, you know, um a big part of why he came back just because of the cast members entreating him to do so. Well, and because Showtime ponied up the money to, you know, to give him the budget that he needed to do to do what he wanted to do. I think they uh, had dropped the budget on it and oh. some of the some of the special effects are pretty threadbare as it is on on a few things, but yeah um, well yeah you know you know but then some other some other special effects have been freaking amazing and certainly you know to to give him free reign mm-hmm. and all the people he's hired to be on the show and brought back characters and actors and actresses that we love um to be you sure. know yeah it's a it's awesome yeah we're finally you know this you know these these loose ends that have been dangling for you know a two decades and a half are finally being tied up you know this big hole in our hearts is finally being filled yes (laughs) yes and i i you know i don't know what i would like better i you know we'll we'll just have to see what happens but right i i would it would be great if if this things had a resolution and at the same time you know lynch always ends up you end up with more questions than answers and certainly doesn't have to be a complete resolution for me to be uh, you know, happy with the the series. I if there right. if it doesn't end on a note that wraps things up, I'll, I think I will be just cool with that. Yeah, I mean to to leave some mysteries hanging, I have no problem with that. But at least it's going to end this time. 
on David Lynch's terms. Yes. Unlike yeah, the original series, which, yeah, that one that one went haywire toward the end. Well, it was so, I mean, and, we, and we've seen that with series after series. Network TV is really great at putting interesting, groundbreaking series on, and then when the ratings aren't there immediately, yeah. you, know, t- you know, before the series even really has a chance to establish itself, mm-hmm. they'll pull it off the air. And, you know, it's tough with network TV sometimes because you're like, should I really start watching this show? Because I can, it's just like this is, us when this is us came on mm-hmm. i was like this show is too good to last it <laughs> won't last four episodes you know yeah. it's going to be one of those ones that they'll cancel it um and luckily it got great response and people loved it but it, you know it, it just right. was so different and unique mm-hmm. and and had a storyline you had to follow every week that i was just like oh this this should i even should i even invest my time in it because i'm g- probably gonna get screwed but <laughs> luck, luckily i didn't yeah, we didn't. Right. No, we didn't. So and that's kind of one of the things that's kind of cool about these new series that are being done for things like Hulu and Netflix is that, um, you know, it's 10 episodes. It isn't like, oh, we're only going to put three up and then we'll decide if we'll put some more up. You know, mm-hmm. they'll you know, they 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 have nothing to lose by posting the whole series of something. So, yep, absolutely. So, so OK, well, cool. Um, all right, man. All right. Look forward to the next episode. All right. Uh, Myself as well. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, good show, man. And uh, so let me go ahead and entreat our audience to slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Just you. <laughs> or bring your friends. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> uh, Please. What's with the choir practice? Business junket from Iceland. Got in about three this morning. They're on my floor. Lucky you. It'll take them a day or two to reset their biological clocks. (laughs) Hope the herring holds out. Mm. How are you? Well, Audrey, to be perfectly honest, I'm tired and a little on edge. got a job. Good for you. And I thought maybe now I could help you with your case. Guess where I'm good? Audrey, you'll have to excuse me this morning. I'm running late. I only have time for coffee. Well, maybe I could go with you. Well, Wednesdays were traditionally a school day when I was your age. I can't believe you were ever my age. I've got the pictures to prove it. How old are you? Eighteen. We'll see you later, Audrey. See you later. Bye.